we broke over Easter a series that we started just before on the new mission statement for our church, Coast Community. And we want to actually spend some time in this and integrate it into who we are because our mission is what we do. It's what I believe as a team and elders we're called to do day in, day out. And this is what it looks like, that if someone says, hey, what do you do at Coast Community? That we would say, hey, we're building up God's church. That's what we're doing. We're not building Coast Community. We're actually building up God's church. And we're going to do that by empowering people according to gifting, equipping people for works of service, and encouraging people to really go for it with whatever God's placed in them. And so for me personally, that's really exciting because as that gains traction and is integrated into the very fabric of who we are over time, that's an open-ended picture of what it could look like. You know, I want us to be known as a church that has an environment that's got an empowering culture, that's got an equipping culture, that's got an encouraging culture, and we're actually in this together. This is what we do together, and progressively we'll work out what that looks like. But Andrew started that um, because we're actually just looking at what does it mean to empower people according to gifting. And there's actually three parts to that, and I want to explore one of those today. But there's this concept that if if we are gifted, which the Bible says we are, and if we as a church want to empower people according to the gifting that we have, it wouldn't be appropriate to empower people according to gifting unless there was an understanding of who we are in Christ. And then we don't really know who we are in Christ unless we know who Jesus is. And so there was this first part that Andrew explored that it's about, well, who do you say Jesus is? And I don't know all of you here today. Maybe you're here today for the first time in Coast Community. Maybe you felt drawn to be in a local church and you've got some questions about, well, who is this Jesus guy? My hope that today is there's a personal revelation that you would have deep in your spirit that he's the son of God. He's alive today. He rose from the dead and he died for you. It gets really personal when Father God brings a revelation that Jesus is alive and he actually gave his life for you. And so when we actually get that revelation, he's not just a cool dude, he's not just a prophet, he wasn't just a good guy, he just didn't have good morals, he's the son of God. And he died on the cross for you. So first, most important question you can answer in your life, who, does, who, um, who do I say Jesus is? The second one and where I want to spend some time today is who does Jesus say we are? Who does Jesus say you are? Because that's the second most important question you'll ever answer in your life. And it's an ongoing question because God wants to keep bringing revelation upon revelation about who you are in Him, which is truth. And you know that truth, and that's going to set you free. And I tell you what, if you can go, Jesus is the Son of God, I believe that in my spirit. Actually, I'm getting a greater understanding and going deeper in understanding how Jesus sees me. I'm going to explore how God's gifted me, and I just want to be empowered in that space. And then we can equip, equip you and encourage you. I tell you what, I've ever seen someone who's been empowered in gifting when, when they don't know who they are in Christ and they haven't got a clue who Jesus is. That's, that's like quite dangerous and it's quite horrible and it all becomes about them. Even if we know who Jesus is and we've got this concept, you know, yeah, I know who Jesus is, but we don't know who we are in Christ. If we haven't gone deep in that place... We can still understand how we're gifted by God and be active in that. And it's all about you. It's all about us. And there can be real pride in our spirit. 
Where if we understand who we are in Christ, there's a humility and a vulnerability understanding how we're created. And we use that for God's glory to build up his church. It's powerful. By the way, um, I heard something this week, It was, and it's quite interesting, about the, the entry point to the kingdom of God. Can you discern where that is? Like where you become a Christian? Do you know? It's an interesting thought because here's my, here's my hunch is that as Christian people, we overthink that and overcomplicate it. <laughs> and it's actually, it's quite a simple entry point. You know, God expects us to have a childlike faith. You know, kids are coming into the kingdom of God because they understand who Jesus is. You know, I heard something, it was, you know, and someone was kind of talking about like a salvation prayer, you know, and like where the salvation prayer was something like, you know, Jesus, I know that you died for me and, and from this point on I'm going to give my whole life to you. I'm going to surrender every one of my passions, every one of my dreams, every breath that I take, everything from this point on. And, and, and the person said, if, you know, if you've prayed that prayer, you're now a Christian. And while I kind of get that and believe that, my goodness, it starts way back here. It just starts with actually a revelation of truth that Jesus is who he says he is and he's done what he said he's done. Welcome to the kingdom of God. And then God does a work deep in our spirit. And sure, it probably will get to the point where you go, God, here I am, Jess, I surrender my life to you. But the entry point to the kingdom of God is right here. We're a revelation that Jesus is who he says he is and he's done what he said he's done. You have that revelation and it's personal for you. Welcome to the kingdom of God. You, know, you don't have to wait till you can say, God, I just give you everything. You know what I mean? God, grow. Anyway, that was a by the way point, but it's interesting. I think we overcomplicate that. I want to actually chat today about this concept of if we have that understanding that Jesus is who he says he is, done what he said he's done. And then go, okay, from there, well, what does that mean to me? Who does Jesus say I am? I want to ask you a question today. Where do you get your identity? Where do you get it from? I think identity is one of our biggest, if not our biggest, current issues in our culture. I don't think it gets any bigger than that. You know, I'd like to see um, political parties talking about that. That would be interesting. I'd want to have a conversation about that. Where do you find your identity? It's a big question, massive Issue. You look at our focus this year and it talks about this concept. It says, present yourselves as building stones for the construction of a sanctuary, vibrant with life, in which you'll serve what? It actually talks about an identity of who we are. We'll serve as holy priests, offering Christ-approved lives up to God. It's really important that we grab a hold of this identity piece and know who we are, know where we belong, and have a posture in our spirit that we know who we are in Christ. It takes some time to develop that and go deep, but get on the journey. Many of you are. It's a beautiful journey. It sets you free to live a free life. Have you ever noticed that people can kind of even label people with an identity piece? You know, I'm seeing people labelled with an identity piece and it just changes, their, can even change their whole gender exploration. You've seen that. A lot of it can come down to someone just labelling someone. You know, you know you're that, right? It's counselling someone pretty recently. It all come from that conversation that, that they had with one of their friends. You know you're that, right? And if we're not careful, we'll find our identity from the things around us or our current culture. 
But when we find our identity in truth, rock-solid truth in Jesus, it will set us free in a beautiful way. Check out these scriptures. It's in Christ we find out who we are and what we're living for. It's in Him. It's in Him we live and we move and exist. It's all about Jesus. He's at the centre of this world. He's at the centre of our lives. He's at the centre of our church. And if we want to really discover how to live, to really live and to live well, it's actually in Jesus for us to actually go, well, there, where is my identity? I want to live in him. I want to find out who I am in him, from him, from his living word, from his truth. I want to explore some of that today. I want to ask you another question. And it's a vulnerable question, and you don't have to answer it. Don't put your hand up and yell it out loud. But how do you think about yourself? When you think about you, how do you think about yourself? What is it you say about yourself? What's your self-talk? How do you describe yourself? How do you describe yourself when things are going great? More importantly, when things are going pretty crap in your world, how do you describe yourself then? I know our self-talk and what we really think about ourselves. I want to encourage us today to change the way you think. To change the way you think about you. Have you noticed you can change the way you think? I remember, I mean, we do it as kids all the time. As kids, we kind of grow up and, and think and believe all this kind of stuff, and a lot of it can be fairy tale. And, and as we get a bit older, we realise that actually what I thought about that is actually different. Like in reality, the truth is different, and there's some pretty obvious examples there that I'm sure you can work out. But I love even some of the concepts from my kids growing up for killing my kids. It's like, you know, I think, you know, our kids used to think chickens come from the shop. Until I remember we were going on a holiday trip and we passed this semi-trail and I think it was Ash going, oh, look at all the chickens. Feathers coming out. Where are they going? Um, Do you really want to know? Horrified to think that chickens, that that was chicken. I remember Amy, she was a classic. She used to love prawns and she'd rip the head off a prawn. She'd go, look, rip the heads off and there's chicken inside. I mean, our kids are just about chicken. It's all about chicken. Life is about chicken. But you just got to, you change the way you think when truth is revealed, when truth is spoken, and we do it all the time. You know, this is the classic for, I mean, this is still a current issue today, believe it or not, that the world is round. It's not flat. Some people some would still argue that it's flat today. You know what? We need to engage with truth and change the way we think. Now, they're just some funny examples, but that same principle exists as we grow into adults. And right now, it just makes me wonder what you think about you. What have you believed about you? What have you heard people say about you? What have you embraced as a kid that you haven't let go of that actually is false and you're believing a lie? What, what do you say to yourself over and over again? What's the tape that's running in your mind? How do you think about you? Because I want to encourage you and me to change the way we think according to God's revealed truth about you. How do you think about you? There's this classic verse in Romans. You will know it. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind who find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship. Don't copy the behaviour and the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by how? How? 
changing the way you think. And then, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You know, when you look at the word repentance, when you look at that, that's a pretty big word and it means a lot of stuff. But one of the main aspects of repentance is actually changing the way that you think. Too often we can just think of, again, behaviour rather than even identity in that space. But repentance is changing the way you think and from that you actually turn away and turn to God. I just wonder whether today some of us need to repent in the way that we think about ourselves. To actually be convicted by the Spirit to go, you know what, the way I think about me doesn't line up with truth. And so therefore I'm going to change the way I think about me. It's those, kind of, it's those kind of things that go deep and you embrace truth deeply in you. It will transform you. It will change the way that you live. It will change behaviour. It will get to that. But it starts with you engaging with truth, eyeballing it and actually engaging it for you and going, you know what? I'm fed up with actually speaking that stuff over my life. I'm going to change the way that I think. I just wonder if there's anyone up for some repentance today to actually, you know what? I'm willing, according to God's word, change the way I think about me because I want to be set free. I want to live a truthful life. I want to actually live on a solid foundation going deep with God, allowing him to take me deeper for the rest of my life, changing the way I think according to his truth. Is anyone prepared to live like that? That's how I want to live. I want God's truth to take me there. I love this in Ephesians. It says, it's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, you found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, delivered by the Holy Spirit. You see, you you might have grown up in a Christian culture. You may not have. Either way, you've got things around you actually trying to tell you who you are. And if it's not truth, you're not going to be set free to live just this full life in Christ. You know, if you want to be an active part of God, it doesn't make sense. But, you know, if we're building up your church and for some reason you use people like you and me, I want in, I want to make a difference, I want to be a part of that, this is a way to do it, to go deep with God, understand who Jesus is, know how he sees you, and then explore your gifting and go, yep, sign me up. I want to get in, get my hands dirty. I want to build up God's church. I want to partner with Jesus in that. You see, but you might have just heard some truth. It's different to believe it. I just wondered if there's some people here today that go, I want to change the way that I think. I want to change the way that I think. I want to be vulnerable and brave enough and courageous enough to believe the truth that God says about me. Well, who does Jesus say that you are? If you can just be completely open And actually, in Jesus' name, let the enemy stay out of this room and stay out of your head, stay out of your heart. And just this open heart, open mind to go, God, it's just you and me here. What what is it that you say about me? Jesus, how would you describe me? How do you feel about me? What do you see in me? I want to believe that. I want to change my thinking. I want to repent in the way that I think about me. I want to think about me the way you do. I want to give you an exercise today. I'd normally do this in some small groups. Can I get the band to come up? I just want them to play some music while we do this. I want to actually put just a few verses. Now, we've got the whole of Scripture, which reveals God's heart, His character, and how He sees you. I want to actually give you five or six verses. Five or six verses 
on the screen, and this is what I want you to do. I want you to grab something and take notes on. It can be an iPhone, it can be a pen, old school, it can be whatever, whatever you've got to grab something, to actually write some notes. And I want to put this scripture in front of you, and I want to give you a challenge. I want to give you just about just a few minutes to eyeball this scripture through the lens of who does Jesus say I am? Who does Jesus say I am? And I want to encourage you that in just a few minutes, engaging with these five or six verses to actually pick and see ten truths. Ten truths just in these verses about who does Jesus say I am. And I want, if you can, if you're willing, and I encourage you to stay focused, just you and God here, just you and God in the Scripture, and to write down something that says, I am something you see in this scripture or I something that describes the way Jesus sees you. Can you do it? I'm about to show you the passage. Five or six verses. Ten truths about you. I am, I, phrases that capture truth about how Jesus sees you. And then we'll talk about what to do with them. Here it is. It's Ephesians. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. And even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Praise God. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself. Through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. He gave him great pleasure. And so we praise God for his glorious grace. Praise God. He has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He showered us his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. A few minutes, 10 Ten truths that you see in there that this is who Jesus says you are. I am, you finish it. Or I, I'll come back in a couple of minutes.
Who does Jesus say I am? Who does Jesus say you are? We've got the whole Bible. This is six verses. And when we have a lens that we look through when we engage with Scripture and say, who does Jesus say I am? He's going to reveal truth after truth after truth to you about how he sees you. We get it wrong all the time, in my opinion. I can get it wrong in the way that I think about me. How'd you go? Could you find 10? Easy. Give me an example. What did you find? Give me your one out. I am a recipient of glorious grace. How would that change the way you live? It's huge. I have received glorious grace. Or somebody else. I'm courageous. You are a courageous man. What else? Come on. I am loved by God. I know you know that. What else? I give him great pleasure. Can you own that? I am chosen. I'm chosen. Ian, I choose you. God says that. Incredible. There was one over there. Beth, was that you? Sorry? Yeah, I am adopted. Me, you, adopted into his family. What else? That's about five. I am a child of God. That's where I belong. That's my identity. I am his child and he loves me. He's chosen me. I give him great pleasure. You give him incredible. What else, Katrina? Yeah. I am blessed with every spiritual blessing. Here's the ones I found. You've got most of them. I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing. I am united with Christ. I'm loved. I'm chosen. I'm holy. These are all in this passage. I am without fault in his eyes. Let's just stop there for a moment. Is that how you think about you? That you are without fault in his eyes? When Jesus looks at you, he sees you as holy. He doesn't see any fault, any blemish. He just sees you for you because you're his child. You give him great pleasure. You are without fault in his eyes. I'm adopted. I belong to Jesus. You want to know where you belong? Man, that's one of the biggest questions our youth and young adults are asking at this moment. Where do I belong? I have been purchased. You've been purchased. You've been purchased with the precious blood of Jesus. I'm purchased. I am forgiven. What would your life look like? What would my life look like if we changed the way that we thought about ourselves where this, this was just from six verses and we align our thoughts, the way we think about ourselves with truth, with Scripture that was written on purpose for a purpose to reveal this to you and me. What would life look like? What would your day look like? Look like you wake up and you go, man, I am without fault in his eyes. And it's not a pride thing. It's a very vulnerable humility posture. 
because we know we've received grace. We have every spiritual blessing. Seriously, out of even just that or what you've written yourself out of that scripture, what's the one or two true statements about you that you can hang on to, you can write them somewhere on the back of your eyelids where you look at them every day, wherever it is. How do you engage with it to a point where God takes you deeper and you change the way you think? You change the way you think. You let God transform you. God, here I am. I let you take these truths and sink them deep. What one or two is it? Grab it. Write it down. Highlight it. Own it. Believe it. Live it. You know, if someone throws something at you, you know who you are in Christ. You know, you take this deep, put a guard over your heart, guard over your mind. You can walk through any season with a posture that says, God's with me in this and I know who I am in Christ. What one or two can you own? You see, there is an entry to the kingdom of God, to the family of God. Jesus, I believe it, your son of God, and you died for me. We step on him, praise God. And then we understand who we are, and God takes us deeper. And that's, that's a lifelong journey. It's a lifelong journey. My hope is that today there's a, there's a significant piece in that for you and I that we take and own and live and believe and allow God to bring a transformation from the inside out. Because then it just keeps going. There's a journey ahead. And I love, I love this verse in Galatians as I finish. It says, make a careful exploration of who you are. You know, with God and his spirit and his word, how do we do that? Ongoing. I want to have a careful exploration. I want to dig deep. I want to understand my uniqueness. All the stuff that Nick was saying they're doing with the kids earlier. I want to explore that in me. I don't only want to explore it. I want to believe it. I want to own it. I want to, I want to explore the work that God's given me. And that'll be based on the giftedness that he's put in you. And some of those are natural talents. They're all from him. And then some are spiritual gifts that he's placed specifically in you for a purpose to build up his church. And if we can have this careful exploration of who we are and the work he's given us and then sink ourselves into it. And don't be impressed with yourself because it's not about you. It's not about me. And we don't compare ourselves with other people. We don't do that because we know who we are in Christ. We want to allow his truth to build us, not other people and not our culture. And each of us must take responsibility for doing the creative best you can with your own life. What a beautiful picture that is. So I can encourage you this morning that you have a culture in your spirit, in the way that you do life, in the way that you engage with God, that you understand who Jesus is. Pray that most of us have got a belief about that. But then we're brave enough to believe truth about us. And we let it go deep so God brings a transformation based on that truth. And then we continue this culture of just exploring who we are in Jesus. All of our uniqueness, all of our passions, all of our desires, the truth about how he sees us. And then get equipped and to go for it.
doing the creative best we can with the life God has given us. Because we want to build up God's church. We want to partner with Jesus. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not come against it. Yeah. And so we want to empower people according to gifting. Equip people for works of service and just encourage people to go for it based on all of that. Let me pray. Father, thank you that you're a God who sees us, knows us, loves us way more than we would ever know. Praise you, Lord. Lord, I pray that today as we've engaged in your truth, I pray, God, that, Lord, that your spirit would affirm who we are in you. Your word says that you do that. Lord, I pray that today there'd be an affirmation of who we are, an affirmation of truth, that we would own it deeply. Lord, I pray that you would take one of these truths today, or two or many, all of them. I pray, God, that you just won't let us go with that. I pray you'd keep it in our hearts and our minds. We'd let you transform us by changing the way we think. Lord, I pray today that as remember you, Jesus. Lord, if we need it, we'd repent. Lord, we'd change the way that we think about ourselves, that this day we would align our thoughts about who we are according to your truth revealed in your word. Lord, I pray from that point, God, you'd highlight who we are, how you've gifted us. And Lord, what a beautiful privilege it is to be in your kingdom, part of building up your church. So God, I pray, Lord, that as we've read, that we have every spiritual blessing. Lord, that we'd own that. We own it, believe it, and live it all for your glory. Lord, I pray people never see us. I pray that people would see you. Praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Any amens today?